Awesome. Well, good morning again, Life Church. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Are you excited to be here in 2021? It's great to be in a new year. Not just a new year, but I suppose the start of a new decade. It's so exciting to be here, and I trust that you've managed to have a great holiday break, or you're still in the process of having a great holiday break, and either way, it's great to be able to be together again as a church family, worshiping God again, and hopefully you've had the, uh, the chance or you've taken the opportunity uh, to reflect on the past 12 months. As you've had a bit of a rest, as you've had a bit of a holiday, hopefully you've had a chance to think back over uh, what's happened in the past year, and not, not so much on the activities of the world, but on your heart. And I hope you've been able to see God's faithfulness in your life over the past year. I know that I have. Despite struggles, despite difficulties, despite pain, God is a faithful God. He is a wonderful, gracious God, and he will continue to be that into this new year. And I don't know about you, but I am constantly in awe with how good and patient God is towards us. No matter how many times I feel like I've let him down or I've lost my footing, he is still the same gracious, loving father that he faithfully proves to be. And I know God is gonna continue to do great things into this new year. He is going to continue to advance his kingdom and his plans. His church will continue to grow and you and I get to be a part of that this year as well, which is really exciting. And so as we start a new year, I wanna ask you a question. Who are you? Who are you? And I'm not so much asking what your name is, what your nationality is, not where you came from, not what your skin color is, not what you do for work, not your financial situation, not where you were educated, not where you grew up, but where does your identity lie? What defines who you are? Who are you? Because what defines you determines the way you face life. What defines you determines the way you react to situation when things happen, the way you treat other people. What defines you determines the way you will face this new year. Because ultimately it determines your self-worth. Whether you see yourself as something of value or not. Our confidence and our security is directly connected to our sense of self-worth and value. And I have to ask myself this question regularly. Who is Jono? Who am I? Who is Jono? Because I'm a lot of different things. I'm a male. I'm a Kiwi. I was born here in New Zealand, born and raised. I'm white. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I'm a pastor. I'm a leader. I'm a technology fan. I'm a fashion fan. I'm a fast food and a coffee fan. And it would be easy for those things to creep in and start to define me. But ultimately, those things cannot form my identity. They can describe aspects of my life, but they cannot be my identity because my identity is what gives me self-worth and value. If my identity was that I was a Kiwi, then what happens when New Zealand does something I don't like? 
If my identity is wrapped up in my, in my job or my function, what happens when that is taken away? If my identity is wrapped up in my grades or my performance, what happens when I don't perform well enough, when I don't get what I was expecting? Any of those things can change in an instant. And so therefore their value can change in an instant. And so if my identity, the thing that gives me confidence and security, if it's wrapped up in those things, then when something changes, the way I value myself changes. Being a youth pastor, I've seen this a lot in young people, particularly around things like academics and grades where there is such an incredible pressure from many different places to perform well, to achieve well, to get the best grades, and that's not a bad thing, but unfortunately what tends to happen or what can happen is the stress and the pressure of that can end up becoming their identity. And so when they don't get a grade or they don't get an outcome that they were desiring, their worldview begins to crumble because their identity was wrapped up in an outcome. But our identity must be founded on something that is unshakable, unchanging, solid, firm. My identity must be that I am a chosen son of the Most High God, known and loved by Him before the creation of the world, created intimately by Him, placed here on earth for a plan and a purpose, and now through Christ saved and redeemed, justified and made right. My sins are forgiven and washed away, and so I know that one day I will stand in the throne room of heaven, beholding God in all His glory, worshiping Him for all eternity because I know that I am loved and accepted by Him. That is my identity. That is where my value comes from because none of those things can be taken away. God's love for me remains the same. Regardless of what I've done, regardless of where I was born, regardless of what gender I am, regardless of how much money I make, what the color of my skin is, where I live, none of those things change the fact that I am a son of God, loved unconditionally by him. The Bible tells us that now in Christ, in Galatians 3.28, now in Christ there is no longer Jew or Gentile, New Zealander or Australian or American, slave or free, employed or unemployed, rich or poor, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his ears, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. In Christ, those things no longer define us. They are not the things that give us eternal value. What gives us eternal value is that we are made in his image, that we are his sons and his daughters. We are his children. And he proved that value by sending his son to the cross. And of course, like any good father, God wants the best for us. And so I can't just use my status as his son to do whatever I like. It's not a license to live however I want to. There are still consequences for my actions because he knows there are things that are detrimental to my life. But it doesn't change the foundational truth that when God looks at me and he looks at you, his heart responds with love. But as I'm sure you're aware, the way that God sees us and the way that we see ourselves often do not align. I mean, take Gideon, for example, who we find in Judges chapter six. This was before Israel 
had a king. It was a few generations after they had left Egypt and settled in the promised land. And for the most part, they turned away from following God. And at this point, they were under attack from their enemies. And we find Gideon in Judges 6, starting at verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And so we find Gideon hiding in a well, threshing wheat so that the enemy wouldn't find him. Most of his family and his friends were probably off fighting the enemy as he should have been. He was an able-bodied man. His duty would have been out defending his family and his land and their food, yet here he is hiding. And an angel appears to him and calls him a mighty hero. Wow, what a compliment. I don't know about you, but if an angel of God appeared to me and called me that, I would be pretty chuffed. But listen to Gideon's response. It tells us a lot about how he saw himself and where his identity truly was. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord has brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. If you are truly going to help me, prove, uh, show to me, prove to me that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Doubt, questioning, lack of faith, lack of self-confidence. How can I do this? I am the weakest in my family, and my family is the weakest in my tribe. Yet God wasn't looking at Gideon's outward appearance. God wasn't looking at the things that Gideon had achieved at this point. He wasn't looking at his current situation. God was looking at the potential inside of him. God was looking at the potential that he had put inside of him, and he was calling that out. Gideon couldn't see it because his identity wasn't that he was a son of God. His identity was where he came from. His identity was his family. His identity was in his weakness. His identity was in his failings and his past, maybe his timidity and his past mistakes. Yet God knew that Gideon was more than those things. That those things didn't define who he was. And if you've read the story, you'll know that Gideon went on to defeat Israel's enemies, and eventually became one of Israel's greatest leaders, a mighty hero who the Lord was with. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Gideon would never have become who he was meant to be without a stable identity in God. It was that that gave him the courage to step out in faith, to stand firm because he knew that God was with him. And you know, if we're wanting 2021 to, to be our greatest year yet, the best way we can do that is by ensuring our identity is firmly placed in God. That your identity, your value, your self-worth, your security, your confidence comes from knowing that you are a child of God. 
that you have been made in his image, that you are loved by him, that your value comes from the way that he sees you. Because this is how he sees you. This is how, a little bit about how the Bible describes you. That you are a friend of Jesus. You are justified and redeemed. You are no longer a slave. You have been set free. You are a co-heir with Christ. God is with you. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. You are triumphant. You are a new creation. You have been made new. You are blessed. You are talented. You are gifted. You are known by name. Your life has a plan and a purpose. You are accepted as you are. You are a prized possession. You are chosen. You are appointed for such a time as this. You are anointed. You are God's masterpiece. You are forgiven. You are loved. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a child of God. God, that is your identity. That is how God sees you. Let that be your foundation in 2021. Because when that is your foundation, you can walk through life with your head held high. You can face mountains and giants before you because you know you're a child of God. You can walk through difficulties. You can walk through struggles because you know God goes with you. You don't need to run to the quick fixes that the world offers because you know all that you have access to in Christ. I'm not gonna let that person get me down. I'm not gonna let that situation hold me back. I'm not gonna let that outcome disappoint me. I'm not gonna engage in that activity. I'm not gonna bring myself down to that level. I'm a child of the king. I'm known by God. I am his masterpiece. I am his prized possession. I'm living with the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, greater is he that's living in me than he that is in the world. That is who I am. And when you have your identity in God, there's an incredible peace that comes. There's a peace because now you're standing on something that is truly stable, unshakable, unchanging. Your foundation is secure which gives you the ability to build a better structure on top. If your foundation isn't secure, then anything else that you build on top of that is also not secure. So you wanna make sure what you're building on, you wanna make sure what you're standing on is stable and true. And the only true foundation is Christ. And that brings a wonderful sense of peace. And I think you'll agree with me that That is something we're all gonna need a little bit more of this year. If we can have a little bit more of just one thing, it's peace. Peace in our hearts and minds. You know that this world is in need of peace. People are at each other's throats. Tensions are high. But the sad reality is, is that this world cannot find true peace without Christ. John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. The peace we have access to is a peace the world cannot get without Jesus. You know, Paul the Apostle says in Philippians 4 that the peace God gives exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard our hearts and minds. Read it in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to have your identity in Christ, to live in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of peace we need. That's the kind of peace we want. But notice what it prefaces that peace with. Prayer. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then you will experience God's peace. Then you will have peace. Then your mind will be settled. Then your heart will be calm. If you want peace, pray. If you want stability, pray. If you want courage, pray. If you want authority, pray. If you want faith, pray. If you want godly outcomes, pray. Prayer is the vessel for peace because it is a gift the world cannot give. It's a spiritual gift. Only God can provide it. And I can't wait for open heaven in a few weeks' time, February the 3rd, where we're gonna be packing out the town hall as the church of this city to pray over our great city and nation. And I know that it's gonna be a really significant time as the church comes together for a night like that. I really wanna encourage you to make sure you are there. Make sure you have a ticket. When I checked this morning, there were only 100 tickets left out of two and a half thousand. As we gather as the church, two and a half thousand people in our town hall to do nothing else than lift up the name of Jesus, pray for his outcomes, pray for his kingdom to come, pray for his will to be done. That is a night that is not to be missed. It's going to be a great time as we pray together. Band, if you'd like to come and join me. You know, in order to be a church that continues to build, in order to be a follower of Jesus that can stand strong in the midst of everything going on, in order to be people of peace, the people God needs us to be, we have to have our identity right. We have to have our foundation secure. Because things in life will change. Things will move. We saw that proven last year. And so in order for you and I to be effective, we have to be able to have courage and strength in the midst of those changes. And that comes from having a secure identity in Christ. And the truth is, is that this is something that you have to revisit all the time. Unfortunately, it's not something we can set and forget. It's an area we have to keep checking in on. Where does my value come from? Where does my worth come from? What's really important to me? Whose opinion of me is the most important? Whose voices am I listening to? What truly defines who I am? Who are you? If you're able, would you stand with me this morning? Why not make the decision at the start of a new year to place your trust back in God? to help him seal your identity back in him. Ask him for a renewed sense of how he sees you, about how he feels about you. Some of you this morning might be feeling like Gideon was, 
worthless, helpless, weak, ashamed. I'm here to remind you this morning that is not God's perspective of you. Those things don't define who you are and they don't define whose you are. Or perhaps you're here today, you've been watching online and you wouldn't say you have a relationship with God at all. You've never experienced God's love and His grace over your life. I can tell you this morning that following Jesus is the greatest decision you could ever make. Not only does it secure your eternity in heaven after you leave this earth, but He fulfills that deep sense of longing that I know is in your heart. You were designed to know God, to know His unconditional love for you, And the Bible tells us there is nothing that could separate you from God's love. Nothing you've done, no action you've taken, no matter what lifestyle you're living, His love and His grace are available to you. Following Jesus gives you a life of purpose, a life of hope, a life of love, and a life of joy. And so if I could have every head bowed and eye closed, if you would like to make the decision to start following Jesus this morning. If you wanna say, yep, I wanna start this journey of knowing His love and His grace over my life. I wanna know what it means to have a relationship with the God who made me and loves me. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Or if you're watching online, maybe just comment something in the chat. Say, God, I wanna give my heart to you again. If you're responding, I just ask you to pray this in your heart as I pray it. Just repeat this in your spirit as I read it out. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive my sins and I turn away from them now. I accept you as Lord and Saviour and I choose to follow you and your ways for the rest of my life. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I wanna congratulate you and welcome you to the family. And we would love to connect with you, so please make sure you tell one of the team here at the front or out in the foyer or online. Please make sure you tell someone that you've made this decision because we would love to help you in your next steps, help you start off on the right track. I want to say God bless you, Life Church. I know that this year is going to be a wonderful year as God continues to move, as He continues to build His kingdom, as He continues to build up His people and His church. And so I pray that you would know your identity and your value in God this year. Why don't we worship God together?